This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a toddler son and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys and another on the way. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, how was your summer? Plus, Biz wonders how to assess perfection. Teresa salutes parents going back to work. And we talk with comedian and journalist Faith Saley about her new book, Approval Junkie. Woo! Teresa. Yep. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, Good. Yeah. (laughs) Great. End of story. No, I'm good. I'm thinking about my sister today. I want to give her a little shout out. My sister, listeners might remember, she had a baby about six months ago. Auntie Teresa. First baby. Mm -hmm. I became an aunt. My little niece is now about six, six and a half months old. Oh, my God. And my sister, Fran, is going back to work today. Today is her first day back at work. She is a kindergarten teacher. Okay? (laughs) I know. Can everybody just give her a mental hug right now? She's excited to be going back to the kids, and it's really hard to leave her baby. And she has a good childcare setup. Um, But nevertheless, as many of you guys know, it's just so hard. Right. No matter what what the situation is. Yeah, whatever the situation is, when you realize you've got to leave your kid. Yep. For some other thing for a while. I mean, like that, you just realize that that, like it's a shift. Yeah. New, new thing. Yep. It's really, really hard. It's really hard. And I, and especially, you know, I think everybody's work situation has advantages and disadvantages, but I will say, like, you know, shout outs to those like elementary school teachers Mm -hmm. who really, when they are leaving their kids, their, their own kids to go teach other people's kids. Um, who they care so much about, that is a that is a real mind fuck. Yeah, it, is. it really is. Because, you know, um, I think so much of my, you know, when I'm leaving my kids to go to work, I'm sitting there at my computer right. and having some coffee and I'm answering some emails. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And so there's a little, there's something slightly restorative about that as well. Right. Which just, you don't get as an elementary school. No, teacher. as opposed you to going in and now you are the person who is standing in the way of hundreds of parents yes. leaving their precious babies. Babies right. with you for the first exactly. time. I mean, it is like it just eats itself. It really does. It just like is a complete, <laughs> completely really eats itself. So, so I, she's doing a great job. Good job. And it really just made me. I wanted to say something about it because, you know, I'm thinking of her and how much I love her and I'm so proud of her today. And also, I was just thinking, you know, every time we come in here and do a show, yeah, somebody is going back to work for the first time so, after having a kid. Exactly. Yeah. Like this is just happening all the time. And I just, it just made me, you know, think of you guys, those of you who are just about to go back to work or going back to work right now, or you have been, you know, yeah. you've been, you just started going back to work a few months ago or whatever. Um, you guys are doing such a good job. Yeah. It's one of the hardest things. And you know, we, we're thinking of you. Yes, you are doing, doing an amazing job. Yeah. I just want to go out and like hug people. Just, I know. I just, just makes me want to be like, stop being mean to everybody, everybody. <laughs> somebody somewhere is having a really difficult day. Yes. Uh, well, that's very nice. And good. And congratulations to your sister. And yeah. here's to a good school year for your sister. Definitely. Um, 
How are you? I'm okay. Uh, we're doing a hilarious thing. Uh, well, I find it hilarious. Stefan and I find it hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first time ever at our preschool, we were sent home with this, like, assessment form. Mm-hmm. We've never been asked to fill one of these out before with, like, Katie Bell at the preschool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like one of, they want to do it for Ellis, and it's one of these things, like, it's for a specific window age. Mm-hmm. And then you're supposed to go through an answer like, you know. 40 questions about your kid where it's like, can they string a bead? Can they, Mm -hmm. if you ask them this question, do they respond such and such? Mm -hmm. If they point at the wit, you know, the mirror, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, do they identify themselves, Mm -hmm. right? And all this stuff. And like, (laughs) Stefan and I, like, literally become like the snarkiest parents when faced with one of these. Because let's face it. Your kids are genius. genius. This is like what every parent says. I don't know how any parent is supposed to do this fairly. I know. Like, Steph and I are like... At our preschool, the teachers do those assessments. I'm like surprised that they're just like... like, Steph and I are both like, huh. Like, why are they sending this home? Do they suspect something's horribly wrong with it? Well, he did it all in Swedish. Does that even count that we asked him all these questions? You know, like, we're just like... It's like impossible. I love that. Just asterisk at the bottom of the whole thing. All of this this was done in Swedish. Swedish. I hope that's okay. Assholes. Yeah. Right? So, like... <laughs> just like we just spent the whole weekend basically being jerks, like about it, being like Ellis, you know, like yeah. what I'm gonna line up these blocks now, you line them yeah. up, and yeah. then I'm like, do you want to do them for me? I mean, you know, we're just being jerks. Yeah. Anyway, I just found the whole process hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, being jerks to the school, not to Ellis. We should be clear. Being jerks to the concept. Yeah, of to the, the thing. concept of the not thing. To, oh, not to Ellis. Not Ellis. To, right. Come on, I just, those blocks. I just wanted to be clear because. Yeah. <laughs> What? Can't you? It's not me in the mirror, Ellis. It's Ellis in the mirror. Whatever. I don't even, you know, like, who knows what this is going to, like, prove or whatever. And as far as I know, you know, they're watching a lot of kids. And I, my whole thing is, like, I am I know how Ellis is doing. Like, I can remember going to these, like, you yeah. know, reviews with the teachers yeah, yeah. where they're like, well, he doesn't, you know, with Katie Bell, it was, well, we're a little concerned about her gross motor skills because she doesn't want to ride the tricycle down the hill. And I'm yeah. like... I'm okay That's with her fine. not wanting yeah. to ride the You're tricycle. You're like, I can in. tell that she's a... Yeah, she can <laughs> climb a ladder. So I'm yeah. like, I'm all right. I'm not sure if that's the way we need to assess that particular child. Um, anyway, it was just basically us yeah. being jerky that sounds parents fun. who love our children. That's a good... And are uh, blind to any problems that they may ever have. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and it's also a good uh, marital bonding activity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also good to know that, like, summer itself and our lack of doing anything super, like, uh, mm-hmm. creatively stimulating for our children over mm-hmm. the summer didn't ruin them. No. You've been working on these skills all summer With, long. Uh, we were very, we were, we were very uh, Montessori, apparently, yes. about it. Just, yes. like, in the wild. Yep. String and beads. Uh, I, I don't think, think in the wild is a Montessori. No, thing. I'm pretty sure that's not a Montessori <laughs> thing. This isn't a show that's helpful in any way. <laughs> Write us a letter to know that today. I think this is going to tie in nicely to what we're talking about today, which was how was your summer? Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. How was your summer? Do you want to go first? Yeah. All right. So, summer. Yeah. Uh, I basically pretty sure I failed summer. 
Yeah. Now, we have spoken in the past about like uh, holidays and summer and things not living up to the expectations that we personally, it's like, like, oh, it's not summer for us anymore now that we're parents, right? We right. don't get to watch. Like, yeah. All right. We've moved past that as yeah, people. We've we accepted that. that that's not our life. Yeah. So, so now this is more about like, all right, it's the last couple of weeks of school, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, summer, guys. Yeah. I'm going to nail great. summer. Yeah. We're going to go to like the beach. Like Ellis is just like, he, yep. he's two. Yep. He's old enough to do a bunch of you stuff. You got the beach tent? I got a beach tent. Yep. Yeah, it's ready to be used. Yep. Like we're going to go to the beach. We're in California, for God's sake. Yeah. We should be going to the beach. We're going to go to museums. The kids like the aquarium. We're going to go to like kid space. We're going to do like science experiments. Mm-hmm. Katie Bell wants to do an independent study on space. We'll go to the observatory. I'll print out fun activity sheets mm-hmm. for her to learn and to do. And, you know, like, we're going to make things. It's just, we're going to be summer, guys. Mm-hmm. We are going to have so much fun. And we didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not do any of that. I, and then, like, in retrospect, I would, like, towards the end, I would really wrestle with, I'm failing the summer thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we're doing some stuff, but it's, like, all barely Mm-hmm. The summer stuff. Uh, like, I would have to, like, on Sunday nights, like, like literally write down every day of the week to be like, okay, this is the one day that, like, Ellis goes to preschool, and that's from this time in the window. I can't remember to, like, yeah. pick him up. And, like, this is when the library is having their, like, Thursday activities. So I don't want to forget that because that's a thing that yeah. you could do that's, like, just up the street. Uh, here's Katie Bell's swim lesson. You know, like, it was, like, mapping all this stuff out. And yeah. for, like, nothing... Like, no great reward. So it wasn't mm, like, yeah. like you could never put in one of the big activities right. because there were all these tiny things. bullshit things yeah. that we still had to do. Yeah. But they weren't like a sweeping summer camp. They weren't like, it was like, oh, only for a week and a half we're doing these yeah. swim lessons. Only for like. <laughs> well, and you also, I feel like your workload, like show-wise, yeah. has really expanded. Like, as Ugh. the show has grown, yeah. you have a lot more like producer um, work to, and responsibilities to be done. We've been working on our book all summer, which is yeah. like really exciting. But that's like an extra thing that, you know, takes yeah. up time. And you and I scheduling meetings here and there in between stuff. That's right. Yeah. I don't know when that day would be where you're just like, what should we do? We have the whole day. Whole day ahead of us. Yeah. Right? As opposed yeah. to, well, we'll talk about what the reality really, really was. Yeah. But like, I mean, how about, basically, summer became yet another thing that I felt like I had failed as a parent somehow. Yeah. Right? So yeah. like, it wasn't, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I... Summer is usually a little more mellow around Max Fun headquarters. Um, this summer was not like that. Um, we were just we just had I I had just work to do all yeah. summer, and again with the show, um, more show related mm-hmm. stuff happening, which is all great stuff. It's yeah. just more stuff, and I ended up for a long time. I had had my kids home with me on Fridays, and That's right start of the summer, I added Fridays for them at preschool because I did not have enough time to get my work done. And like I was spending Fridays with them trying to like kind of work while they were at home, which just makes me miserable. It's so hard. Um, I know a lot of people that's the setup and like props to you guys. But it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so um, I, you know, I ended up deciding to add Fridays for them for the summer, which was very counterintuitive for me because normally I would like to like ease up in the summer and have them home more and be doing less work. It just wasn't a reality this summer. So um, it was a very like normal 
it didn't really feel like summer. Um, Mm. We did go away a little bit. I was in my first trimester of my pregnancy as well. Like, found out I was pregnant in um, June. June. And so all summer, I was, I actually didn't have a really rough first trimester, which I'm grateful for, but I was nauseous the whole time. That's right. You know, I was sick the whole time and I had low energy and just all that normal stuff. Um, So that was going on. The other thing that I've been like thinking about a lot in the last couple days is just that uh, I feel like the Olympics was like a major fail for me this summer because I really love watching the Olympics. I think the Olympics are so awesome. <laughs> um, the way our house is set up, we have um, our TV. Our TV is not in the living room. Yeah. It's, it's um, in like a downstairs kind of like weird basement laundry room where um, we go down there if we're going to watch, watch a thing. TV, right. Which like normally in normal life I really like because we don't just like have the TV on all the time or whatever and it's not always kind of like there yeah. tempting us. But for the Olympics, it's like the opposite. Uh, you want it you playing just want all it on the time, because right. there's so many commercials. There's so much downtime. Uh-huh. There's so much like non-excitement. But it's and it's really hard to like catch those good, exciting moments. Yeah. And so you just want it on so that you can be ready and like catch the really great right. stuff. And so we just never did that. And there was like one night, like a few days in, where I was like, Jesse, like we're watching the Olympics tonight. Like after the kids went to bed, I was yeah. like, we're doing this. And for whatever reason, like we sat down there and. And we spent like 45, 50 minutes in front of the TV. We watched three minutes of an actual like Olympics. swimming. Yeah. And then the rest was commercials yep. and bullshit. And it just made me so frustrated that <laughs> I was like, I, I can't waste my nighttime yeah. doing this anymore. I'm not going to So we stopped. And then like Simon in kindergarten, they've been doing like at first few days of school, they were doing like a lot of like Olympics stuff. Uh, like yeah. that was kind of their focus. Theme. And he was really excited about it and stuff. And I just feel like I totally let them down as far as giving them opportunities to, like, see stuff. Right. And for myself. Like, I feel like I missed it completely. And it's not the kind of thing where you, like, go back and watch. Like, part of what's fun about it is, like, we're all doing this right now. The whole world is doing this right right now. Like, I'm not going to go back and do that. So I just feel like it's super like your summer is encapsulated. By the Summer Olympics. Yes, a little bit. A little I'm like, bit yeah. everything you're describing about Very the symbolic. Olympics, I'm like, that is that my is whole, summer. whole summer. Yeah, yeah. like that pressure of, fine, well, we're all going to sit down and do it. And yeah. then you do it, and it's just full of garbage. Yeah. Or like, it's yeah. not what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, no, I'm with you. The Olympics, same thing. I feel like the Olympics are a failure. I was literally thinking that the other day. I'm like you. I, like, loved it. And this morning, I was literally having this thought of, like, maybe I just am not an Olympic watcher anymore. <laughs> Maybe that, that's, I love the label. You yeah, have to label it. This is it. This is it. Like, you know, I used to love, you know, clubbing. I don't uh, want to do that anymore. Maybe yeah. I'm not a club person anyway. Yeah. I, I like concerts. Yeah. I'm never going to a live. Yeah. I'm never going to a concert again, guys. Like I'm, ne- you know, you said that you have these like things like that in your head. Mm-hmm. That's the Olympics. Yes, that is pretty much how I felt about the whole summer. Like mm. summer became, you know, this like panic of what are we doing to fill the day? Yeah, with two kids who don't like to do things simultaneously. Yeah. Um, a lot of television yes. happened. I mean, a lot of, because you're right. I had a sh- ton of work yeah. to do. And when, suddenly yeah. my like windows where I would have had time where like Ellis was in preschool, but Katie Bell was in elementary school, yeah. weren't gone. And that was the other thing was I kept thinking, everybody was like, this guy, I'm like, what am I going to do when Ellis is in preschool on Tuesdays and Thursdays with Katie Bell? And everybody's like, oh, mother, daughter, special time. Yeah. You can go to museums. You can like, 
But yeah. it was never that. No. By the time we dropped Ellis off, it was like, uh, sit down and watch television. Yeah. I gotta work. Gotta get the work I gotta done. get the work done. When else done. is it gonna get done? It's not. It no one wants their when emails Ellis at nine o'clock at night. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, like, also you don't want to do that. No, I don't. You know? Like, it's I really like, don't. I'm really so, bad at it. It's so not good. Yeah, and so like it. The whole summer just felt like a lot of television, mm-hmm. a lot of go figure it out. You guys are gonna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She may not be the perfect window for Ellis mm-hmm. to be figuring it out on Figure his own. Figure this out, two and a half Figure years. Figure it out. Why aren't you guys getting along? Why can't you play the same way? <laughs> Work it out, two and a half Work it out, two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I just felt, like, bummed out about it. And I then, know. And then the other weird thing is that, like, we're back in school, and I'm yeah. like, where's Summer? I know. Like, where did Summer go? I know. It kind of feels like it didn't happen, huh? it, it legitimately feels like I yeah. was just planning out the fun, like like that Pinterest yeah. page came by of all the fun stems of yeah. summer activities I was going to do with the kids. Yeah. Nope. I know. It's really, I don't know if there's anything to this other than Summer was once again a crushing disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be better next Maybe year. Maybe next year if I start planning ahead. But this is like, just so everybody knows how crazy yeah. I am. Yeah. This has already got me worked up about Christmas break. Oh, yeah. Because many of you remember yeah. I failed Christmas break last year, too, uh, by what not if... making that the mo- And I, look, I get okay. it's not my job to make things the most magical thing possible. No, no, like, no. I fully no. get that. You're my, not, I'm yeah. not here yeah. to make every day a magical experience. Right, right. But I am here to, like, you know, if there is, if there are projects that I'd like to do with the yeah. kids, that I would like to do with yeah. the kids, I would like to be able to do them. Yeah. You know, like. You want to actually do some stuff where you can say, like, remember, we did that. We, like, yeah. an actual thing where I'm not parenting at them. I'm, yeah. like, parenting with them. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, there are, like, because I do feel a little bit like calling bullshit on the whole, like, you know, yeah, I was not responsible for their happiness every day of the right. week, blah, blah. Fair enough. Right. Right? Like, but I do, I feel like so much of the day-to-day is me just trying to get everybody from A to B in pants, fed, (laughs) you know, uh, was out screaming, you know, like just all this. And we like don't even do all the stuff that lots of people have to do. And like, just like basic, everything's like, there's never enough time to sit. And really do a full mm. thing. There's never enough time. And besides, like, we have reading books at the end of the day. But, like, even then, I'm like, ugh. Short book. Pick a short book. Um, so there's something about summer and holidays, I think, that make you say inherently, oh, this is supposed to be a time yeah. where we get to be a little slower. Yeah. And we get to do this thing. And it also feels like one of those times where you see other people seemingly succeeding at it. Mm-hmm. And you could feel like I'm not succeeding at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, I don't know. That was how summer was. And that's how summer is setting me up for the rest of the year. I think, <laughs> I think like it's worth pointing out because I know you, you went out of your way to explain, like, look, I'm, I realize I'm not like, I'm not trying to like, I don't have pressure on myself to the extent where I think I need to make summer completely right. magical from beginning to end. No. But I think part of what you're talking about or getting at is that like, Part of this is that we want to enjoy these family times together with yes. our kids. Like, it's not just you have these things in mind that you want to do for your kids right. or to show your kids or to have them experience these things. Part of it is, like, we want, like, yes, yes, we already got a, 
we got past the point that now we're parents. Summer is different now. Right. But that doesn't, that shouldn't mean we don't get to do fun stuff. Yeah. And like part of the fun of summer is like a family trip to the beach. Yeah, sure. We're the parents. So we're in charge of like right. the work of that too. But like we want to have that fun yeah. also. Like we yeah. want to have those. We've those all experienced times. the window where it all sinks up and it does it and yeah. you nail it and you're like, yeah. I'm actually relaxing and it enjoying can happen. it. Yeah. You know it can happen. Yeah. I, summer just, seems to like really put a spotlight on it to make you feel like it needs to be happening sure. more. Yeah. yeah, or maybe you just want it to be happening yeah. more. Yeah. Maybe you're just wishing for that, oh, and you're just, we're just not this. there yet, or something. <laughs> Is that it? Well, see, I feel like now I feel like I I have to stop saying the thing that we've been saying for yeah. the last two years, which is well, once our kids are a little bit older, because now I'm just like, okay, I have to stop thinking that way because yeah. I'm about to start over, over from again. square one, yeah. and I can't just be like, well, in a few years, I have to just be like, this is where we are. Yeah. Right now yeah we're really just here right now and we're gonna make the most of being right, right here. here right <laughs> now yeah yeah i see people with smiles on their faces sure. walking around with kids totally it's possible that's something they're my they're my that's my goal that's my goal family yeah. when yeah. i see them out doing it well it's okay yeah it is okay we've got <laughs> nine months till we have a chance to do it all over again guys yep. And in the middle somewhere, we get to make resolutions about how yeah. we're going to be better That's right. at summer. That's right. Right? So many things to look forward to. Isn't it amazing how the same things just keep coming up over and over again? Now yeah. it's almost like, ha, huh, we get to look oh, forward. Oh, this again. Oh, this. <laughs> Holidays, resolutions, summer. One Bed Mother is supported in part by Care.com, the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care. And while it may seem totally weird to find care for your child online, it actually isn't. It's convenient. It gives you a lot more control and power than just cruising the want ads on Craigslist or going to a college and asking a stranger <laughs> to come take care. You can do background checks and stuff as a result. It, it, it's incredibly helpful resource. So Biz and I both have premium memberships. It's really great. It's really easy. The website is super intuitive and easy and fun to use. Um, you guys should check it out. One Bad Mother listeners can save 30% off a Care.com premium membership and receive a $15 credit that you can use towards paying your caregiver when you use Care.com's convenient payment platform. Just visit Care.com slash Bad Mother when you subscribe. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. 
All right. So we take Simon to a swim lesson on Sundays. Uh, We recently added a swim lesson for Oscar as well because we're like, we're here anyway. Why not have Oscar taking swim lessons as well? So um, we were there and I was like not quite used to like having all the Oscar stuff too. It's a little different for Oscar because he's still in swim diapers. So there's like different stuff and extra stuff. And then as like as I was changing their clothes back to their regular clothes to leave at the end Mm -hmm. of the lesson, I realized. I hadn't brought pants for Simon, like shorts or pants. Like I had just, he came in his swimsuit swimsuit, and I did bring undies for him in his t-shirt, but somehow his like pants or shorts did not make it into the backpack. Yes. And I was like, because like Simon is five now. He can't really leave in his underwear. It's just, (laughs) it's like weird. I don't want to put him in. It's just weird. Yeah. But then it dawned on me, well, I have shorts for Oscar and nobody's going to blink twice at a two-year-old leaving in a diaper and a t-shirt and Oscar Simon can totally still fit into (laughs) Oscar's shorts so I just put Oscar's shorts on Simon Mm. and he was fine he didn't care and Oscar left in a diaper and a t-shirt which nobody blinked at it was perfect it all worked out good job thank you it's amazing job so mine's also swimming related. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put Ellis in a, my a parent and me swim class, uh-huh. and we go like we're all pumped up. And yeah. he keeps going back and forth between being like, "Yeah, Ellis is going swimming. Yeah. Not today. Not going in the pool today." Yeah. Right? I'm like, Ugh, yeah. "We're going." Yeah. So we go. We check in. And they like give me all my work and all my paperwork and all that stuff. And I mm. go, they're like, now go take your card over and scan it. I'm mm. like, all right, I'll go over and scan it. And I say, this says I'm starting next next week. Mm. But when I signed up, the woman I talked to said uh, it would start tomorrow. And he's like, well, there is no class today. It's next week. And I was like, uh, and Elsa's was like, not going swimming. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. There's nothing we can do. And he goes, well, actually, there's like, you can use the little free swim pool. There's like a little two foot and a half yeah. sort of uh, free swim pool that you can use. And he's like, you can go use that. And so I'm like, okay, Ellis, we're going to go swimming anyway. And he's like, no, 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 uh-huh. no, no. But I spent... A lot of time and a lot of patience getting him changed. He was scared of the changing room, Uh scared of all the stuff. But we got in there. We changed. We got to the pool. We sat on the first step with our feet in, slowly moved in, slowly moved in. And it was like 40 minutes of us, of me just like getting him used to being in a pool so that next week when we go, he'll do it. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, but it was just such a thing. Like, we were like, it's like being in a big bathtub. Yeah. Big bathtub. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we, I just worked it. Good job. So that he had a successful time in the pool. That's great. And it was one of those things where you're like, that actually required a lot of effort. And I'm thankful yeah. that we had the time to do it. And I did it. You totally did it. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you. Hi, one bad mother. I'm calling with a genius. Bad genius. Um... So in the morning, sometimes my two-year-old son likes to eat cereal, and he really likes to sit on my lap when he eats. That's sort of a way to keep him in one place, um, which is sort of frustrating. Um, And sometimes he drips his food and especially his milk from his cereal on my clothes, and it was morning, getting ready for work. You would think the genius would be me not letting him sit on my lap, but no, the genius was I took off my skirt and just proceeded through the morning basically pantsless and it saved my skirt and now there's no milk on it and I'm on my way into work with clean clothes so there you go thanks ladies um you're doing a great job bye 
This is just like a pantsless so episode. So good. That's yeah. right. You're going to, just by not putting pants yeah. on Oscar, yeah. he's going to grow up to be as cool as this mom, yeah. realizing that pants aren't important. Totally. There's times where you need pants, yeah. and there's times where you don't. That's right. So don't, don't be a stickler to all the times <laughs> they say you need pants. Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Well, a few nights ago, I I decided to. Um, my kids were just playing quietly and being good at the end of the day, so I decided to just lay down on the couch Seems in my logical. living room yes. and just like chill out for Absolutely. like I don't know. It was like maybe eight minutes, ten minutes, somewhere around there. Reasonable. The kids are playing. I'm just I'm relaxing. Um, and and then at a certain point. Uh, and they're playing in their room. Yeah. Uh, Oscar's kind of going in and out, but he's mostly in his room. Simon comes out and he says, uh, Mommy, Oscar's putting food on the couch. And they have a, like a little uh, love seat right. in their bedroom. Oscar's putting food on the green couch. I'm like, okay. So I get up. Right. And I go in there. Yeah. So Simon was right. Oscar was putting food on the couch. <laughs> But he must have worked very quickly, mm. and basically, like half our fridge was <laughs> had been emptied out and carried over to the couch. And not only was it there, but he was like trying to make stuff there. Yeah. So he took like a bowl of blueberries and dumped a whole thing oh of my. kefir, like uh, drinkable yogurt, out all over, like to fill to put with the blueberries. But he it overflowed, so it was in the. I mean, it was. In the couch. Yeah. Like, it dripped through the couch. Like, it was just, it was a sea of drinkable yogurt. Yeah. Um, and then there were, there was cheese that was just open and, like, pieces of cheese around. Um, there was fruit. There were bananas, grapefruits. Um, just, I mean, just a, a smorgasbord yeah. of food. Um, <laughs> and Oscar's just, do, 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 And I'm yeah. like, what? And he's like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I wanted to. <laughs> I mean, he was just, it was so... You were so relaxed, mama. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, this this required days oh, of cleanup. Yeah. This was a days-long cleanup effort. Um, and I told Biz about this, and he, she was like, well, were those eight minutes of laying down worth it? <laughs> and I was like, no. Yeah, no. Not I'll never s- lay down again. Never <laughs> lay down again. That's your your lesson, is to never... I believe my other my other question was... Uh, didn't you just get that couch from Ikea? Yeah. This just may, you may just be a loss. This just may be a loss yeah. of a couch. Yeah. There's sometimes in our lives as parents yeah. where things happen and you have to legitimately say to yourself, like, do we need <laughs> this, like, seat or this piece of carpet or this clothing or this, like, whatever, or this rug or this couch? Like, and this is like, uh, you know, like, can this be replaced yeah. or can it just not exist in our house anymore <laughs> if just seeing it and cleaning it outweighs? I'm not saying you do that with everything in your house, but yeah. I think everybody deserves once a year something in your house that you're like, ah, fuck it. Just <laughs> fuck this. I don't want to see it again. Yeah. Somehow we were able to clean it. It's, I think it's, it's a, clean. That is a miracle. Yeah. I am in my 40s. I'm just like, fuck it. <laughs> just I don't know, but the extra, the work involved, like, we'd have to, like, take Take it it apart to take it even out of the room. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't fit through the doorway. Just take a sledgehammer to it. (laughs) I'm crushing on this fucking couch. Well, you are a horrible mother for resting. Yep. So, I mean, I'm surprised people didn't call the police because you were laying down while your children were in the house. I know. You're awful. I know. Mm. 
So Katie Bell's been at school for a week. Uh, first day of school last week. Uh, we go in and like they're lining up on the you know playground where they line up every morning before they go mm-hmm. to their classrooms. And here comes the teacher down the row, and I go up to introduce myself, uh, and I see that she's taking like your kid's name to see how they're going to get picked up in the afternoon. Oh, uh-huh. and and so I say, oh hi, I'm Elizabeth Lawrence, and my daughter is Katie Bell Lawrence, and she goes, Catherine. Okay, now I'm going to stop the story and go back to the now third year in school, right? And when they ask you to fill out school paperwork, what is your child's legal name? My child's legal name is Catherine Bell Lawrence. And like almost always, the very next question is, what should I call your your child? What What name does your child go by? Katie Bell Lawrence. Yeah. Kindergarten, Catherine. First grade. Catherine, right? Yeah. Every time, no one's reading that thing. No one looks at that. I know. And like... And it may, even though everybody calls her Katie Bell, like right. in the school, in the office, the whole thing. And yeah. it, it just, as soon as she said Catherine, I just was like, well, it's not. I mean, I just like this woman hadn't even, she barely had asked me a question. It's her first day of like the first, you know what I mean? Like she's got parents coming yeah, at her I with know. all kind of stuff. She's trying to like I manage know. the chaos of these kids. And I come out with, what's Katie Bell? I don't even know how I'm supposed to fill out this paperwork. What is it that people look at? Like, mm-hmm. which is so insulting to her because who knows what they get from the the office. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like so much work that teachers have to do. Right. And here I am being like, well, everything in your class yeah. is going to be right. And yeah. I just, I luckily shut up the moment it, it started coming out, but too much came out for me not to sound like I'm going to be a problem all year. <laughs> right. But I'm not that parent. So I just was like, I've totally tiptoed around this woman the whole time. I went to Katie Bell, like I picked her up and I was like. Just you're it's you're old enough. You're old yeah. enough, Katie Bell, to yeah. tell them it's Katie you Bell or it's them. not Katie yeah. Bell. But I just felt like 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 I felt like we uh, you're the worst. I was pretty <laughs> awful. Hi, I'm calling with a fail. I took my daughter on her very first flight. She's eight months old for the Memorial Day weekend, and uh, despite having listened to the podcast about not jinxing ourselves, I totally fell into that trap. <laughs> on the way down, she was amazing. She was flirting with all the other passengers and happy and giggly and playing peekaboo uh, to the point that I told a friend that she was charming. And so on the way back, even when they announced that there were six lap infants on the flight, I thought to myself, ah, but my baby will be charming. And of course, that meant that she screamed. We got on the flight. <laughs> she was a little bit... Uh, fussy, but I didn't want to feed her right away because, you know, you want to nurse her on takeoff. And so I sort of pushed it, but I waited until it was time to push away from the gate and she was really starting to lose it. So I went ahead and whipped out the boob and she screamed bloody murder. It was the worst thing she had ever seen. Why would anyone put that thing in her face? And she basically screamed for maybe 60% of the rest of the flight. Oh. And she was so upset that even when she got home, she still refused to nurse nurse and I had to blow seven ounces from my frozen stash to get her to eat again. So that's my fail. Totally jinxed myself. That sucks. Thanks, Ken. Sucks. Totally sucks. That just sucks. You know what, though? There's also something about the flight home yeah. that is always worse. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, the everybody's way there, the done. way there, everybody's like, what's this? A new yeah. adventure. And on the way back, it's like, everything's been different for five yeah. days. And we're all, like, crazy. And, like, that happens to me every time. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that really sucks. It really sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's totally your fault. Yeah, you shouldn't have yeah, jinxed you yourself. Yeah, you shouldn't have jinxed yourself. But 
we also, in yeah. solidarity, say that that sucks. Yeah, it does. Guys, have we not learned? Stop talking about the good things in your life. Yeah. That's why you only hear parents complaining about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Bumby Box, a monthly subscription toy box curated for toddlers and preschool age children. Inside each Bumby Box are award-winning toys tailored to your child's age and interests that support play-based learning activities. We got a sample of this for Ellis several months ago, and these are toys that are still entertaining and enjoyable to Ellis and, of course, Katie Bell, who demands to play with anything that is made for a two-year-old. All the toys are 100% eco-friendly, and each Bumby Box also includes activity ideas, songs, and reading lists. Bumby Box has a special offer for One Bad Mother listeners. Go to BumbyBox.com and enter code BADMOTHER at checkout for 10% off a new order for yourself or as a gift. Teresa, yes. let's call a parent. Great. This week we are calling comedian and journalist Faith Saley of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and CBS News Sunday Morning about her new book, which is a collection of hilarious and very touching essays about her lifelong quest for approval, entitled Approval Junkie. Welcome, Faith. Hi. Thank you guys for having me. Well, we are very excited to have you. I am a, I'm kind of a Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me uh, nerd listener my whole life, and uh when your people emailed and were like, hey, we'd like to send you a book. Uh, and if you like it, we'll have Faith say, you know, to have Faith Saley on. I was like, you could send me a brick and call it a book, and I would be totally fine having Faith <laughs> on the show to talk about pretty much anything she may want to talk about. Like, I'm totally oh okay with that. But, I mean, Faith Saley, I just, it's very exciting. Oh, thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed the chapter about being on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I, I hope, did you did you learn anything you didn't know before? Well, no, but I was saying it's kind of interesting, and we'll talk a little bit about that because I have a question about you about what you may have learned in addition to what you mm-hmm. talked about in the book. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna outlearn each other. So let's go into the question that we ask all our guests, uh, which is, "Who lives in your house?" In my house, um, wow, uh, that's presumptuous because I live in about 1,200 square foot apartment. That's right. I know. That's right. We've, we've had some small answers. We to need to say, yeah. wait, maybe it's who lives in your home. Who lives in your home? Home. That's good. Yeah, you know? I live. For three years in. I live in I live in Manhattan. I live uh, a couple blocks away from Lincoln Center. Uh-huh. So I live I, I live in just I think the most wonderful place in the world. In fact, this week marks ten years since I moved here. Hey, wow. congratulations. And, um, Thank you. Okay, I live with my husband. That would be my second husband, the one I'm keeping. Nice. Um, two kids who are two and four, and my husband's dog. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. Yeah, you should. That was there clear. Was a tone. That, that was, was clear. clear. My she husband's said, dog. We, yeah, ca- we all she, caught that. She touches on this in her book that she may not be a dog person. Uh, yeah. That does not mean I don't love everyone else's dog. Sure. I just don't love my husband's dog in our small apartment with his smell and his hair and his presence and the way he barks. 
If you guys have ever tried to sleep train in 1,200 square feet mm. with a two-bedroom apartment mm. where you have, you know, a newborn who needs to nap, whatever, three to four times a day and a dog that barks all the time, <laughs> you might understand. Teresa, understand. I have a little bit because I have two barky, very barky dogs. Uh, yep, yep, yep. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Familiar. Yes, but you probably have a house where the barks can sort of dissipate. No, no. we have hardwood floors, so it echoes. This is like yeah, it's loud. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but, you but know no, it's I, nobody's. Every, no one's every, winning. Everybody's shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's in their own personal <laughs> hell, their own special personal hell, and having dogs and babies at the same time can be very challenging. Yes, yes. Especially not, when you didn't. You you very much chose the baby. You did not choose the dog. Yeah. But you chose you chose the husband. You chose the man. With it. You chose the man. You came with the dog. <laughs> I know you guys. You know what's funny? We had babysitter last week. I'm in. A, I'm in the quest for like a, a nanny after having had seven. But um, we had a babysitter last week who was like, you know, John's dog. Dog's name is Corbin. You know, Corby is like actually a really good dog. And by the way, you guys, he is. He's totally. He's like beleaguered and sweet and peaceful except when he barks. And and I said, no, I know he's a totally great dog. And she goes, well, you see, the problem is you. <laughs> That's exactly correct. <laughs> Wow. Like narrowing it down. <laughs> the wow. problem is you. Yeah, you know what? That's, uh, Trace and I have discovered that many times we say that about ourselves in terms of our children. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's probably me. <laughs> this is me. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Uh, Wait, I hope I didn't lose all your listeners who might have liked me or read my book with the dog stuff. The well, dog no, no, no. Awesome, you guys. The problem is me. No, look, we, no. we, there, we have so many opportunities to lose ourselves on the show. <laughs> this is okay. just, you know, we, we are talking about parenting, Faith. So uh, most of the time, <laughs> yeah. that's just set up. For, well, I guess you're right. Dogs may, you may, you may actually be loved less for the dog. No, it's true. You guys, people are. So much less judgmental about parenting than people who aren't pet people. Like it's 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 crazy. It's true. Yeah. Well, it reflects upon your soul as a human being. So. Oh, oh no! See, I've lost you already. Anyway, no, no it's fine. It, it takes a lot to lose me. Um, uh, let's talk about the. the Part of your what happened to you after going on television uh, and talking about not being a pet person and all of the grief you got is uh, one of the yeah. essays in this book. But I want to talk at first about just the idea of being an approval junkie. Uh, this is I, I'd love for you to sort of explain to us and our listeners like what you mean by it. What does it mean for you? Because it's not the same thing as, say, being a like people pleaser it is yeah it's very it, it is very unique to its own thing and so i'd love for you to talk a little bit about that so that we all can get on the same page uh about about some other questions i have for you later <laughs> yeah i i i think that um i i think that's a good place to begin i don't think an approval junkie is someone who's trying to please people because i think an approval junkie and i obviously in, include myself in that um even if even if i might say i'm a recovering approval junkie um <laughs> is someone who you know is totally honest and vulnerable enough to admit that you know she she loves laughter or applause or the smack of a high five or a, a boss saying you did a great job or you know a m mother at school saying these are the best nut free kosher gluten free <laughs> cookies i've ever tasted um and they're moist um, and, and a person who wants to please people is probably condemning herself to mediocrity, mediocrity, right? You know, cause you have to sort of, you have to detooth yourself. You have to serve yeah, up yeah. something. You can't bland. be better than it, anyone it, else. It, right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And then a 
perfectionist is the same. Like, I don't think an approval junkie is a perfectionist either, right? Like, I think perfectionists come from a place of fear because you don't want to fail. So Mm. you only choose to do things that you know you're going to crush. And, you know, a perfectionist isn't going to leave the house without her face on, you know, and and an approval junkie will leave the house and fall face first and sort of stand up and and take a bow for trying. I I think there's something unseen. Somebody might call it desperate, but I think there's something unsinkable about an approval junkie. And I found that, like, with my own, I mean, this this book is essays about my own sort of evolving relationship with approval. And, and what that has meant for me is not that I've gotten to a place in my life where I'm like, oh, I love myself. I know myself. I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. I actually, I actually don't believe anybody <laughs> truly can say that unless you're like a Buddhist nun or a psychopath. Uh, or, you know, Kanye West or Donald Trump might say it, but we know they're crazy about what people think of them, right? right? They live on Twitter. Yeah. So I, for me, being an approval junkie has meant that I have learned to, to be discriminate about like whose approval I seek and why. And mostly at the end of the day, I, I seek my own. And I don't seek it for the same things I used to. Like when I was 17, it was a number on a scale. Um, right. You know, now I seek it in, in you know, the, the things, the, the way I choose to spend my time and energy with my children and with my career, for example. Um, but, you know, you mentioned Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, Biz, and, and I was a fan of that show forever. Once I got on it, do I feel great if I make the panelists on the panel with me laugh? Right. Yeah, because yeah. they're really fucking funny people, and, like, sure, approbation feels good. Or, you know, you mentioned <laughs> I'm on Sunday morning. Sunday morning, I used to watch that show when I was a kid before church, and now when I'm on it, if I get an email from the executive producer, who I think is like a television genius, right. that if I get an email from him that says, you know, great piece today, that is that is approbation worth seeking. So there's yeah. your long answer. No, That's sort of how no I, I think it's a very appropriate answer. And I, when I got the book, I uh, started reading it, and I don't know why it caught me so off guard that there would be so many stories about your experiences as a parent in it. I mean, like, I actually was, like, embarrassed that, like, it took so long for the light to go off in my head about, like, uh, basically what we become or, or who we start to become as we become parents. And, you know, for any of us that are approval junkies in a way, as you describe it, that that would just not go absolutely hand in hand and manifest itself totally. in so many different ways. And there were there were times, you know, in particular when I was reading about your experience having getting pregnant and having kids because you did it the super easy way. You waited until you were in your 40s and you had a lot of science mm-hmm. involved. Super. That's how it happens, guys. You wait till you're in your 40s. You get drunk and you do a lot of science. Uh, you fool around in the back of a car. No. Um, and I was reading that story and I... You're, wait, you're skipping out the very important part. Yeah. Real, the, part, I froze my egg yeah. when I was 39 and that's the best thing I ever, ever... Well, did. I want you to talk a little bit about that but I, what I want to say before you do is just that like as I was reading this... There were so many parts of it. I mean, I was laughing, and then I was genuinely crying because... <gasps> I love you. That's so Steel Magnolia. No, but they're right. there was, like, these so honest moments of, like, you're sitting there, you know, in the doctor's offices, and, like, this need to still, you know, say the right thing or do... You know, like, we... I don't know how to describe it other than, for me, 
throughout my process of being pregnant both times, and I still say this on the show, oh, I should have a third so I can do it right. You know what I mean? Like there's mm, this, we yeah. we sort of want to make sure that people know we're going to be the absolutely the best parents and that uh, absolutely I'm comfortable. Don't worry. I'm okay. You know what I mean? While we'd really like to be vomiting in a bucket at the same time, I guess the long thing I'm trying to get to here <laughs> is how did parenthood amp up this approval junkie uh, tendency in you? It has, it both amped it up um, much more early on, and it's also completely liberated me from it. Yeah. So um, to, to answer your first question, uh, it's interesting. I ha- So I had my son, at my first kid, at 41, mm-hmm. and um, it doesn't matter how, quote-unquote, old you are right. when you have your first child, you are... You are still a new mother. And Correct. I was particularly ignorant. I didn't grow, you know, I, I wasn't around other babies. Uh, my mom is not alive. I don't have a sister. I, I was like, what, 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 what do I do? And my husband was the same age and um, we're both probably arguably overeducated, but we were complete dumbasses when, when, it, when it came to this. And so I remember just thinking, because I'm, a, you know, I'm, a, I'm an approval junkie. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a there was a kid who studied to get the extra right. credit. So like you want to think, and I am also a science journalist. Like I do a lot of uh, science stories. And so I just thought I must, I must read, I must read about this. <laughs> I must read about <laughs> fetuses brains and I must read about, you know, what's going to happen in their development. And, and I must have a list. There must be a list oh, of yeah. things I can do and, and purchase uh, to be a wonderful <laughs> parent. Um, uh, yes, there are, in fact, those yeah, lists. You don't even have yeah. to write one for yourself. Just go on the line and somebody will give you a list. That's right. One right. that may make you feel horribly guilty just by giving you the list. And and so, um, and by the way, there there are actually things that I did read. I, I would hope I would have come across them intuitively anyway, but it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't hurt to be reminded of things that our parents we're never we're told right? right because parenting wasn't a verb when when um, at least my parents were in their twenties, um, which is you know just re- just reminders about how important empathy is yeah. and, um, and 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 that kind of stuff. But you know, I, I I'd say the nadir of the whole thing was was when my husband and I went to Bye Bye Baby, which is <laughs> truly a hellhole. Yeah. Uh, with and and to be there, we went. Can I went you say what that is? Friend. I'm sorry, so I don't know. What ba- that is. It's sort of like a oh my babies God, are us. I know, but well, that's I think that maybe is it a New York? It's a New York thing. It's like a babies are us. It's a place to go get baby, baby stuff. stuff. Okay, got it. Yeah, it's like Walmart yeah. for the second. It's, okay, it's 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 a whole plus. So like in New York, there's not. Well, I don't know about in other places, but in New York, there's just like. A, a big center where you go to get something. Yeah. You can't just mm-hmm. hop in your car and like drive to the store and get whatever you need. You have to like, it's, it's a, it's a Mecca. You have to go and you have to like, I didn't know we had to plan, like register with plan with a baby consultant. And <laughs> I, had, I had a friend and, and plus I'm walking around there. And the first thing when you walk in, you're accosted by, you walk straight into the, um, into the, into the kids, the baby clothing section. Oh yeah. And, as you can imagine, I was planning to raise my child gender neutral, and <laughs> <Good> um, <laughs> immediately, right? Immediately, you have to make a choice between like hot pink, not even not even pastels, y'all. Hot pink and purple uh, for your daughter, and then like chartreuse and brown for your son, and it's all trucks and 
suspiciously like open smiley sharks and um <laughs> and and the and the things that they say on the onesies are like tough like daddy like <sighs> what's that on a three month old it's it's honestly it's disgusting to me yeah my uh, you know like are you do you go over to the other side and you know bossy like or you know uh, uh, like pussy like mommy like <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> yeah we used to be like drunk like daddy whatever yeah, <laughs> right. like, yeah. And there are all these football festoons. Like, you have no choice to... to how will they you know, know Faith? How will they know? Yeah. That, right. How, how will they know? They know? Yeah. I don't know. It's like all baby boys. books have to teach you what farm animals are since we're constantly living in an agricultural society. Uh, <laughs> and how will they know that this is what a football is and this is what a ballet slipper is and this is what a cat wearing headphones looks like? <laughs> nope. There's no other way to know. <laughs> Well, YouTube will show you the cat wearing headphones. But, but um, so anyway, so we went on this we went on this shopping trip, and unfortunately, I asked a friend to, to walk me through, and she she's like a CEO of a company. She's like a person who gives TED talks and goes to Davos, and she just she had no time for it, you know. And and you know, we're walking past nipple shields, and and I ha- and oh, and I'm six months pregnant, and I d- did not wear maternity clothes at six months, so I had like a severe camel toe and I was walking like John Wayne through the store and had not had any breakfast at all. So low blood sugar. And my husband and I like, I'm, I have tears streaming down my face and we got in a fight there yeah. and he did the thing that a man should never do where he's like, like you have no idea how tired and hungry I am. He said to me, Teresa, <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if somebody said that to you right now? Like me, Teresa. I'm so that tired. happens I know. more than you think. Yeah. I mean, it's constant. <laughs> I, I've I've learned to just sort of let that wash. Yeah, it just washes <laughs> over me and washes right on away. Yeah, the hunger makes her deaf too, so <laughs> that helps. But sorry, so this is a very long-winded story. I think anybody who's ever tried to quote-unquote prepare for having a baby the first time understands this. But I feel like for me, it was sort of compounded by. Being older and being like onerously grateful that this was happening right. happening to me, but also feeling like I should know more. And my husband and I met very soon before. I mean, we were we had both been married before. We both wanted children. We met when we were thirty nine. I was pregnant by the time I was forty, and and we didn't have that long to. I mean, we had a year right to yeah. bond, but we didn't have the luxury that other that other couples did. And this was just just huge thing, and. It took me. I mean, I can, we can all laugh about it in retrospect, but it, but the baby was coming too soon. Like there was, no, there's no way to get ready, especially because I was 41. Especially because a, a lot of my friends already had kids, and I could see how much they shake up your life. And I had spent so many decades fi- finally getting to a life I was so happy with, and then it's like, boom, this thing that I've always wanted, but is going to blow it all up, is coming. Yeah, yeah. And, it's like if you can't get through the like registry baby star with your partner. <laughs> successfully That's it can make you right. question like oh if we can't but but you're right though those places are literally like maybe the fifth level of hell uh you've got glitter and uh sand to look forward to in a couple of years <laughs> as the sixth and seventh <laughs> level of hell uh in parenting but the the those they are it's incredibly stressful and like but you guys did survive it, which is miraculous. But I, I want to ask you one last thing before we wrap up, which is, and you, you started to touch on it, but I want to make sure we we come back to it. And that is what you're letting 
go what parenting has helped you let go of? I know that when you talk about being on weight yeah. don't tell me there were lots of things that you kind of learned that helped you like making a mistake and you know offering an assist to people not making notes so we just talked about it. there's nothing you can do to actually prepare no matter how great you are at making lists and I am a list master Faith Saley. Uh and it didn't help <laughs> me at all uh, except calm me down uh, did that like did those things that you kind of learned before having kids through your work did they help or was it more like oh shit was I supposed to apply that to parenting too like how uh, how have yeah, you stepped I think, away I think my, I definitely think my background in, in improv and in improv mm, comedy has yeah. helped me I never could have anticipated how much it helps me be a parent like it, it, you know, I, I think it's disrespectful whenever, when your kids get upset to just sort of, which people tend to do when they're little, just sort of distract them. Like, oh, you're crying. Look over here. He, he, isn't this funny? Like, I actually <laughs> think that's disrespectful. I think, I think, I think you need to, you know, look at your kid and, and say, you know, I see you're, you're feeling sad or, or whatever. But, um, but the sort of the not going, the not going nuclear as a first option is so much, you know, the, the not, if you do that again, you're going to get a timeout or why right. did you do that? Or it, the, the, the playfulness um, that you can bring to parenting, if you are willing to be creative enough and summon up the energy, I think, I think has totally helped me in ways that I didn't. I mean, if, if you had told me back when I was doing, you know, improv comedy in, in college, this will help you be a parent. I, I wouldn't have computed. Um, but I think that once, you know, when, when I think about seeking approval as a parent, it's not for me, at least. I don't care. I'm hardly around other parents, especially mothers. I mean, I have four jobs. And, right. Um, and when I'm not doing my jobs, I just want to be with my kid. I'm not, I mean, plus my kids are younger. So I'm yeah. not in a school, you know, we don't have a carpool because it's New York. I'm not in drop-off line. I can't go to, P, P, you know, I can't go to school functions. Right. Um, and so, and so for me, I, I found that having kids clarified what I want to spend my time on so much that I don't care what people think of me very, as a mother. Um, because I'm, because you, your kids teach you how to be their parent. For a long time, I wasn't sure if I was a good mother. I didn't have a mom around to be like, honey, this is hard as shit and you're doing a great job. Right. And for whatever reason, the nanny wasn't telling me I was an amazing mother. Right. Um, and, um, and, and then, I don't know how it happened. It was gradually. But one day I was like, my kid's really happy. And <laughs> I know I know how to, you know, you, it's the little things. You learn how you're, like, my son needs to have the exact four blankets in the exact four order, uh, in the exact same order on him to go to sleep. And right. you know what songs your kid's like. And you know exactly the way they will eat their mac and cheese. And you you get so much confidence as a mother that you think, I really, I mean, there are plenty of things I care about you know, what people think and especially what I think, but I, I do not, I, I am not concerned about what people think of me as a mother because I feel like here, product A, very happy children. Right. Well, it's just a, it's just a way more private, uh, you know, environment suddenly, you know, because you're, you're an, and, and it is freeing to suddenly realize that no one actually, if somebody was actually watching you, the, the, the truth that Teresa and I keep stumbling upon is no one actually gives a shit what you're doing as a parent. Like, I mean, like no one would ever applaud you or, or say it's really hard to find those things, especially about those tiny things that we're doing 
every single day that are huge successes because they're working and their kids are happy. Well, they're like the yeah. genius moments yeah, that you guys talked about that, on the show. That's exactly yeah. right. I was talking to a mom the other day. She has like uh, four kids and she was like coming to pick up her kids from elementary school. And she just like wheels the last one in like in a wagon and like the kid's like asleep <laughs> in the wagon. And I'm like, you know, that's a miracle because I don't have a sleeper. And we're like talking or whatever. And I said, we're talking about stuff, and I said, you know what? I'm just at this place where there is – I don't think there's anything I could see out in the world between, like, a parent and a child that would make me look sideways again. You know, I had just come out of, like, the a swim lesson with my son who's terrified of being in the changing rooms, and I had this moment where I'm like, am I just going to let him <laughs> two-and-a-half-year-old sit outside the door, you know, inside the <laughs> locker room while I'm changing just so we can get through this? I will never yeah. look at another kid who seems to be abandoned by their parent when their parent's just like, I have to pee and you won't come in yeah. here. So you're going to sit here and I know that it's safe and I know it's okay. It's just, that's just like part of it. Like, it's exactly right. Like you have, I know it makes you rethink me. the, it makes you rethink the people that put their kids on leashes, right? Oh yeah. Teresa and I've talked all day. already yeah. been that person. Yeah. Teresa <laughs> is that person. She's the leash mom. Oh she, we've all been oh there. My God. Whatever it is, you just are like, Oh, whatever prejudgment I had, Screw that. Yeah. That's not who I got. Yeah. I got that kid. And and as you are a mother, you have to evolve too. Yeah, Things exactly. That you think you would never do. Absolutely. You, I mean, you constantly have to, you know, you're a therapist for your own kid because your kids are always going to change. And and it's, so I, I just think it's like the, the fact that we pull it off every fucking day, <laughs> get, like is endless high fives we have to give ourselves. That is you correct. Know? Yep. I mean, I, I'm not the world's greatest mother. I, I really don't know. I, I make the best birthday cakes ever. <laughs> like I've done, I've done, I've done a 3D excavator. I've done a blue macaw. Um, I've done Curious George. I can't cook dinner, right? I can't cook dinner. I don't know how. So I am not the world's greatest mother, but. But I'm somehow like I, I'm somehow a superhero for my kids. As, that's right. As everybody is. That's all that matters. Um, that's like literally it, guys. That's it. That where that's yeah. all you have to be. Uh, Faith, thank you so much for joining us. We're gonna link everybody up uh, oh, to find you. out where they can get the book. Guys, the book is is such a nice fun and for parents it's great because it's a collection of essays. So you can just pick up and pick a place. Oh my and god, read yes. and put yeah. it down, and it's not Bathtub. like it's great. Yeah, it's Wait. great. Faith, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk soon. Bye bye. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye bye. Bye. I'm Travis. And I'm Andy. And we host Bunker Buddies, a comedy apocalypse podcast every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. We've got a brand new format for our podcast that we hope you want to come and check out. We try out products for your go bag. We'll try out cheddar larvae and cricket bars so you don't have to. We play Would You Rather and answer questions from the audience. And we have great guests that pop into the bunker. It's everything you love about the show and more. Come check it out every Wednesday here on MaximumFun.org. Stay safe out there. There's always hope and cheesecake. New York City, listen up. Your fellow Max Fun listeners and hosts are gathering at Stuart Wellington's new Brooklyn bar, and you're invited. 
You probably know Stuart from his hilarious movie riffing on the Flophouse, but did you know he's also a small business owner? It's true. Join Stuart and a ton of New Max Fun friends at the Hinterlands Bar on Saturday, August 27th at 7 p.m. You can find more information at bit.ly slash maxfunhinterlands. See you there. Teresa? Yes. That was so much fun. It was so fun. That was like hanging out with a friend. Yeah. That was good. And guys, the book really, I really was laughing and crying through the whole thing. And not that that sounds like a super cliche thing to say, but it was just like I sat down to start thinking I would just skim through it. And like two hours later, I finished it and was like just totally con- like, Stefan, do I have to read this part to you? You know, like That's that so obnoxious great. person. It was really fun. Do you know what also is a lot of fun is listening to a mom have a breakdown. So let's do that. Right now. Hi, one by other. This is a mom having a breakdown. Um, so, why are family relationships so hard? My, um, my father-in-law, we've, we've never had a great relationship with him. Um, he and my husband have had a difficult relationship since he was a child. And the day before Father's Day, was the final straw. And my husband asked words to his dad, where I love you. And his dad's last words were, I don't love you. And he walked out the door. It's, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. My husband is hurting so much. It's been a long, hard devolution of their relationship and and I just wish I just wish it could be better I just wish it wasn't so hard I I wish my husband had an amazing father so that and and that my my son could have an amazing grandfather but but he doesn't um thankfully my parents are are super involved so so my son has one really awesome grandpa, and I think we're going to have to oh, find a grandpa in the neighborhood. Um, but it's just, it's so hard. My husband is hurting so much. And I just can't do it. Oh, I wish I could make it better. Thanks for letting me call. You guys are doing a great job. Have a good day. Bye. You know, it's like we were talking about at the beginning. There's this thing that's happening for lots of people every day of the week. And this is also something that's happening for lots of people every day. And you forget, not, you know, people have intense, extreme family relationships and dynamics within their family. And there is nothing harder than watching your partner have to suffer through a difficult relationship with their parents. And I I just, I think you are doing such a remarkable job, clearly trying to support your husband and clearly trying to be aware of the situation that's happening and, and, and remembering that this doesn't necessarily have to affect your kids. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot to balance and, you know, just like on top of everything else. And I'm really sorry that that that's happening in y'all's life right now. Definitely. I'm just sending you a super big hug. And I'm just 
I'm happy for you that you know, and your husband that you guys have each other because yeah. you clearly are taking really good care of each other. You are doing a remarkable job. Your husband's doing a remarkable job, and just like Teresa said, I, it is wonderful that you two are there for each other. What did we learn today, Teresa? We learned a couple of things. Summer still sucks. Good lesson. Good takeaway. Um, we learned that. I, I, I honestly am not sure about the summer thing and how it plays out, it, except that we, I think part of the struggle is just that we feel we do deserve to have s- some fun yeah. <laughs> with our kids. And it feels like that's supposed to happen in these sort of designated windows. And that's it. Yeah. I, and that just is going to be something I guess we're going to be wrestling with forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, it's not... I don't think this is a matter of putting too much pressure on yourself or what. I think this is just literally, yeah, I want to have fun in summer with my yeah. kids. Let me figure out how to do how that. Am I, we haven't yeah. figured it out yet. But you're going to Hopefully get, we will. We're going to get really good at this. We're getting really good at this. We're really good at this. We also learned that, uh, hey, having kids can free you up from the need for approval. Something, you know, we talked yeah. a lot about uh, nobody giving a shit about all the small things that you do and you're not getting applauded. You're not getting yeah. raises. You're not getting uh, recognized for like, the truly hard and difficult and most of the time monotonous work that you're doing as a parent. But I kind of like talking to Faith about the fact that that actually is also incredibly empowering. Yes. When you let go of not needing the applause and really just, I am the most powerful person in the world. I know exactly how to help my kid, guys. And you're doing it for yourself and for them. And that's all that matters anyway. That's right. Sometimes we need to be saying we don't give it. You know what I mean? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I just thought it was very, it was a nice reminder about that, as well as a lot of just humor involved in this whole parenting thing. Yeah. It's good to remember. That's it. That's what we learned. I think those were two very beneficial things to learn today. Uh, everybody, you're doing an amazing job. You are nailing it. Summer's over officially. Fall is here. We've got this. Let's get ready for the holidays and start freaking out now. You're amazing. Teresa, you are doing an amazing job. Just magnificently nailing parenting. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
listener supported.